2: Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey everyone, welcome back to Breaking Beauty. It's Carlene and Jill here. We're your two beauty editors turned podcasters in your ears every single Wednesday.
3: Not just any Wednesday. You know what? It's the last Wednesday in August. I'm not sure how we got here, but I have to say it was one of the best summers ever.
2: I have to agree. Uh, we have a new policy around here. We don't say no to cottage invites ever. Uh, <laughs> so we, we probably went to like five this summer. I don't know. Amazing. But yeah, family time, the backyard hangs. You know, I'm just, I'm still savoring it.
3: I love that. And, you know, we are looking ahead to fall, of course, and slipping back into those routines. And if you're like me, you probably tend to put off the major beauty maintenance until after the summer. I mean, I'll admit I'm looking a little rough right now. I feel like, like, (laughs) LOL. Like I know I have a facial booked for next week. I have a manicure booked, a pedicure booked and my hair color. Like I'm just getting it. Everything did before TIFF, you know?
2: Yeah. A little little sea salted, are we? Oh, yeah. Too little, much ocean be,
3: time, gel? I could be <laughs> rusting. I could be rusting. We don't know yet, but I will find out soon.
2: Okay. Well, if any of our listeners feel the same way, we hear you. It's time to get back to business, back to beauty school. And this week, we're diving into the 10 healthy hair habits you should adopt ASAP, according to the pros in partnership with our friends at NutraFall.
3: So our guests today are Baltimore-based, board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Shoshana Kindred, who also happens to be the founder of Kindred Hair and Skin Center in Columbia, Maryland, the only dermatology office in the area with a full-service salon that specializes in hair loss.
2: That is so cool. That is just so cool. You don't hear that often. And joining us on the mic also is Sam Archer. She's the VP of product marketing and innovation at Nutrafol. And so Sam is the brains behind much of the product development behind the brand. And you may know Nutrafol for their healthy hair supplements, which we talk about all the time. They've been recommended so many times on our show for hair thinning by our celebrity hairstylist experts that we've had on the show and scalp specialists. But you may not know that they also recently introduced an entire scalp microbiome hair care range. So these are products you can use as part of your daily routine as well. The newest addition being a strand defender conditioner. And we actually
3: do have a special promo code if you do want to try Nutrafol. So you can use code BREAKING on Nutrafol.com and that will get $15 off your first month subscription. And that's for new customers only. So again, that's our code BREAKING at Nutrafol.com. So this week we're asking these hair pros just how to achieve your healthiest hair ever. You know, if you're in the mood to sort of reboot for fall, this episode is for you. They had so much great intel. We're asking them questions like how much hair loss is normal? And we also talk to them about TikTok home remedies. Are they legit or not? What the do's and don'ts are for washing and styling our hair every day. And is there any truth to those Reddit thread rumors about how certain shampoos or certain ingredients can cause hair loss?
2: Plus, if you're experiencing hair thinning, stay tuned until the end to hear Dr. Kindred's advice on the one thing we can do to start feeling more confident and more supported in minutes. Welcome, Dr. Kindred and Sam.
1: Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder
3: of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks
2: on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. Okay. So welcome Dr. Kindred and Sam to Breaking Beauty podcast. We're talking about how to have your healthiest hair ever today and the habits that can get you there. Dr. Kindred, what is healthy, happy hair? Like, what does it act like? What does it feel like? Because everyone's hair
0: is different, right? I'm so glad you pointed that out, right? My hair is not your hair and vice versa. Healthy hair has its natural bounce and curl pattern. It's not itchy or irritated or sensitive. It's not dry. It doesn't break easily. It's just its own little happy self. (laughs)
2: Unfortunately,
0: we do a lot of stuff to make our hair unhappy, right?
2: Yeah. And how do people know when your hair is not healthy? Like something is not quite right. What are the signs?
0: The early, early signs would be feel like your ponytail is not as full Mm. as it used to be, Mm -hmm. or you feel like when you look at your hair, you can see a little bit through your scalp. The more obvious Mm -hmm. signs are flaking or irritation redness etc but hopefully we don't allow our scalp to get so unhealthy that we can see the symptoms but it'll be subtle Mm -hmm. usually a little bit more tangled than it normally would be Mm -hmm. a dull appearance you lose that healthy shine
2: Mm -hmm.
3: right And some hair thinning is normal, right? I mean, I had to buy the Dyson Animal Vacuum to deal with my own shedding, which is just constant. But my (laughs) hair is always like the same and full. So maybe we can define it for our listeners more in like a clinical sense, like and help visualize what does normal quote unquote hair shedding look like? For example, is it like a tablespoon of hair a day or is it a Ziploc bag full of hair a day? What's your pro opinion on that?
0: So the tricky part, is long hair, right, is gonna look worse than short hair if it's abnormally shedding. And then some people get mixed up with how we as dermatologists use the terms of 100 hairs. So Mm -hmm. if you lose more than 100 hairs a day, you definitely have hair loss. But -hmm. I can tell you, I have plenty of patients with hair loss that lose less than 100 hairs a day. It's just, that's the cutoff for saying for sure you're losing your hair. So the right. way I like to look at it is have a sense of what your normal shedding is for the hair length, Right. Mm-hmm. Again, your normal is different than my normal. And that's a part of knowing our body, kind of like a mole check. We want patients to know their moles before they have a skin cancer for the hair. Just have a sense of what your normal shedding is. And you're looking for that to be abnormal. Now, to make it unfair, there's a seasonality to it. Right, some people tend to shed more in the late fall to winter, so you have to be aware of that too. The most effective way to know, though, is part your hair down the center Mm -hmm. and look to see if you see widening of the part. Mm -hmm. Right, that way will tell you for sure if you're starting to have thinning. Do the same thing on the sides of your hair. Part your hair. If you have a nice straight line, you're good to go. It's probably just normal shedding. Mm -hmm. But if you see widening,
2: that is not normal. Mm. Okay, that's a good that's a good little tip for doing a check at home. By the way, your voice is so soft and whispery. I'm like this is perfect ASMR. for you got a podcast, boy. There's some <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> you know, the ASMR germ has joined us today to talk about hair thinning. So Let's talk about some of the main causes. I know, for example, with acne, there's like a lot of myths going around. Like if you eat pizza or, you you know, you don't wash your face, that leads to that. So, the, you know, there can be some misinformation. When it comes to hair thinning, what are the top reasons that really mess with the health of your hair?
0: So for hair thinning, while some could be genetic, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it's what we do to our hair we overwash it, um, mm-hmm. put too much, apply too much heat, et cetera. That's trichorexis nodosa. And it's just, it's an outside job, if you right. will. So aside from genetic, aside from just us not treating our hair well, a mm-hmm. third reason is an actual true form of hair loss, where there's genetics or hormones. And obviously I'm biased because I'm a derm and that's what I see in mm-hmm. my practice. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to do any gene modification, all right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to change a gene. <laughs> Inflammation and, and hormonal things require, it's a medical condition, which requires medical intervention. But the thing that patients can, or the public can address is just the harsh treatment of our hair, whether styling practices or products.
2: Right, got it.
0: hmm
3: and just to follow up to that, like, how do you know whether it is genetics or not? Like, is it really only a professional that can tell you or is it something that people might, I feel like this is something people notice as they start aging and then they're like, you know, wondering if their mom lost their hair or whatever is, what would your advice be on that front?
0: So the easiest way to tell if it's genetics is to just look at your, your family, right? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately it's a myth that I think the myth is hair loss is only, passed on on the mother's side that is so far from the truth is from oh, really? both sides of the okay. family. Yeah, there's so many myths. And what's unfair is yes. a lot of people who call themselves hair experts that tend to accelerate the spread of, of some of these myths. But it's from both mm-hmm. sides of the family. But if someone truly has not just hair thinning, but the next level, right? A diagnosis of hair loss. The key is what's the diagnosis? Which of the 15 forms of hair loss do you have? And then I can tell you, yes, it's a genetic form or no, it's not.
2: Wow. 15 forms there Mm -hmm. are. Okay, That's a lot to decode. A lot of people are talking about hair thinning these days. It seems like more than, you know, a couple of years ago. Is there a reason for that? Or is it just that it's less taboo to talk about it more out in the open now?
0: The main reason Hair loss or hair thinning is more popular right now. One was 2020, right? Everyone had hair thinning and even hair loss, whether it was from COVID or just from the stress of 2020. So while a lot of practices weren't as busy, say during 2020 because of the quarantine, we were on and popping. We were so busy from hair thinning and and hair loss. Then secondly, obviously, the slap heard around the world popularized it, too. That is obviously the Grammys. In regards to whether it was taboo or not. Oh, thank you for correcting that. Thank (laughs) you, thank you, thank you. In regards to being taboo, men have done a much better job with making hair thinning acceptable. As women, we tend to hide it. And every woman going through hair thinning feel like they're the only one. And it's still a little bit, still quite taboo for women to have hair thinning. It's not socially acceptable, right? For us to have thinning. So what I do appreciate when someone, whether it's Ayanna Presley or Jada Pinkett Smith, I do appreciate when they come go public because I think it helps my patients, especially to know they're not the only one. They're not Mm -hmm. the only one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If I can Mm -hmm. even add to that a little bit, you know, it's, it's interesting to the point of like, it hasn't been socially acceptable for women to talk about it. It almost hits us from out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Where men just always think it's something that's going to happen. It's inevitable. And they Mm -hmm. start thinking about it in their late teens, even. For women, it happens to over one in two of us. So there are four of us on the call right now. And that means like two of us will experience (laughs) hair thinning or more. <laughs> at some point in our lives, and it's just not talked about as part of something that we'll go through, unfortunately.
2: So, mm-hmm. let's talk about what we can do to have our best hair ever. So, first off, let's talk about what you're putting into your body. I know that you mentioned earlier, like inflammation can be a part of it. So, tell me, like, what key foods or drinks lend themselves to that big hair energy?
0: So I would love to just drop a bomb and blow your mind, (laughs) right? Give me
2: that salmon tip.
0: Okay, exactly. (laughs) It just turns out everything healthy, right? So Mm -hmm. I think what's happening is we're discovering why it's better to eat healthily, right? Right. So proteins, you just said salmon, right? Mm -hmm. Omega-3 fatty acids, almonds, Any super food, which I know is a trend, so that's something that's very easy to just Google and see what I'm Mm -hmm. referring to, kale, beets, just really rich, vibrant colors. You want a sweet potato, not a white potato, so on and so forth, are quite beneficial. So are certain herbs like ashwagandha, so on and so forth, are actually beneficial for the hair. And I want everyone to listen to this without following a fad diet. Fad Mm -hmm. diets can actually worsen. Hair loss. Mm -hmm. So, everything we've been talking about for years and years about eating healthily is quite, quite beneficial for the hair. But here's what's unfair American foods just don't cut it. Mm -hmm. We have just depleted our soils of nutrients. We learned in medical school that the nutrients in a single carrot from 1950, for us to have those same nutrients, we need to eat a bag of baby carrots. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. So, so you can't even lean on a raw diet because it's like the food itself is not as nutritious. But I'm curious if there is a diet type of diet in particular that you see where people are experiencing hair loss. Because I read like extreme weight loss or, you know, certain people on certain diets. And I wonder if there's something like a pattern you've noticed with people coming in or if protein's a big issue, like are vegetarians at risk or vegans?
0: We see more vegans at risk because of a possible protein deficiency. Patients who unfortunately start intermittent fasting. And I hate to say oh, yeah. that I know there's benefits to it, but we see it. Just anything where there's a shock to the body. Anytime okay. you make yourself nutrient deficient, then it's a fat diet. And here's what's so unfair. I have the healthiest vegan yoga instructors. Mm-hmm. with hair loss right so we're not talking about mm-hmm. the genetic form the hormonal form etc we're talking about just your hair is supposed to be healthy but we're doing something to cause thinning that's what we're talking about as far as diet if you have some of these other forms yes please eat healthily drink plenty of water exercise and sleep you still have this gene that's making you have hair loss we're not talking about that type of hair loss are yeah. talking about just thinning the things you yeah. can do to make your hair healthier
2: yeah healthiest hair ever
3: <laughs> and so, Nutrival is a supplement company, or that was the origin anyway. So, we might be a little biased here, but which vitamins are people most lacking that might lead to hair thinning or deficiencies? And in terms of solutions, what proof do we have that hair supplements work? We get asked this a lot, actually, because, you know, Even though anecdotally for me, I know when I'm on my neutrophil routine, I do notice less shedding, but, you know, it is a delayed gratification for people when they start on a routine like this. So just wondering what type of evidence there is to support that.
1: Now, there are some supplements out there that, you know, have been talked about for years that we all think about and, you know, just some generics even out there they're not really proven to to improve hair growth all the time, right? Which is why when Nutrafol kind of started, one thing that was super important to us that we weren't just looking at ingredients, we weren't just looking at this dysregulation, but that we were proving it out through science. And we're working with level one, level two clinical studies, making sure that we are actually getting the end results of improved hair growth over time. So all of those 21 plus ingredients in our different formulas are all working together to balance and thus improving hair growth.
0: So I completely agree with, with Sam. And I was gonna say, I'm glad that people are asking because I think they're recognizing that there's a billion stuff you can buy and very little that works, right? Mm-hmm. And they all say they make your hair grow by Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I think people confuse certain things. So yes, if you're vitamin D deficient, which you know we all are, your hair is gonna grow weaker. But taking excess vitamin D isn't going to make your hair grow and they get mixed up. So as far as the most common ones, we also see iron deficiency anemia, right? Mm -hmm. So if your iron is low, right, that's a building block. But if taking excess iron doesn't make your hair grow. So it's not, well, we can't have you vitamin or nutrient deficient. Taking excess when you're not deficient isn't going to do it. It's really a whole package. Is really taking a step back and taking a bigger look at what's happening.
3: So, okay, of course, today we are talking about your healthiest hair routine. So let's start in the shower because this is top of mind for me right now because I watched this TikTok video where a Toronto resident, she swears that since moving into this new condo building, the hard water is responsible for her hair falling out. So she shows this whole whole thing, going to Home Depot, getting the new filter and everything, and she's like swearing by it and like probably making millions of dollars because she's like affiliate linking out to this hair filter that she bought. (laughs) So I need to know from you in your professional opinions, does hard water actually have any effect on hair thinning can it make your hair fall out or do you use them in your your practice dr kindred the answer is sometimes
0: right (laughs) the answer is sometimes hard water can sometimes be a little bit too harsh and drying on the hair and plenty of people have the worst water ever and have luxurious hair so Mm. it's not one plus one equals two and I i was gonna ask is she selling something (laughs)
3: I don't think, I don't think she was at the beginning, but she did. Then everybody was asking her what it was that she got. So they, they, I think she's probably sold it out at all the Home
0: Depots, but yeah,
3: it's interesting. And what does hard water on your hair feel like? How do, how do you even know if you have hard water?
0: You'll know it once you switch, right? And we do it for the skin. So hard water dries the skin out a bit more. It just feels rougher. And there's certain shower heads even that will filter out impurities and you still have the pressure, but it feels like a softer, smoother feel. If she were my patient though, I would one, be concerned that the stress from moving Mm -hmm. could have been what caused temporary hair loss. It's it's not as, hair thinning is not as straightforward as this one thing happened right? and now this other one thing fixed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about like some of the things you can do internally to get your healthiest hair ever. Let's talk about a hair routine. So yeah, what, like I know that Nutrafol has actually gotten into like hair care products and it's all around this microbiome support system. So I'm curious what research was uncovered to kind of cause this branching out? What's the link between microbiome and hair thinning? So The scalp
1: microbiome, you know, we hear about the gut microbiome. We hear about the skin microbiome. The scalp microbiome is still relatively new in research. So we had to do a lot of the digging on our own and, and really work with our science team to get there. And what we understood and what we know now is that we're creating like this, it's almost like an ecosystem. It's like this little world that lives on top of our scalp that's protecting it, right? So when that's in balance and when it's thriving, when all those microbes and and flora on on the scalp are really strong and, and are healthy, when we have a good diversity of microbes on the scalp, we're able to protect the scalp itself. So if you imagine like this invisible layer over the scalp, So when we started thinking about, okay, we're going to look at creating a shampoo, it kind of led us to all of these other topical products that also will help with the hair health. Because like Dr. Kindred's saying, there's no one size fits all. Different people are having different issues. And so we really want to be very, very, we want to be very individualized with each product that we create. So. In, in looking at all the different scalp issues that people are having that are affecting their hair growth, we then learned that the best way to work with, with these topical products is by balancing the scalp microbiome itself. Mm-hmm. The problem with with shampoos that are out there, right? And, and we've been trained in so many different ways. Don't wash your hair all the time. Yeah. Wash your hair every day, right? So it's like, the reason why we were saying is don't wash the hair every day for so long or don't wash the hair as often for so long, depending upon your hair type, mm-hmm. is because we didn't want to strip the, the scalp microbiome, right? That's what was really happening. Is you were stripping all of the good away from the, from the scalp microbiome, which was putting the scalp barrier at risk, right? Yeah. So when, when, you're under, when you're under washing, though, you have this completely other different problem, which is when you're under washing, now you have all of this, this product buildup, all of these clogged follicles, right? Like you're creating a a true clog for the hair and the place where it grows. So really being able to cleanse and remove all of the bad on a regular basis without stripping the scalp was top of mind for us with the the root purifier shampoo. Next on our fun list was the scalp microbiome exfoliating mask, which is our buildup blocker. We all are going yeah, so to have to build is up. Cool. Is it
3: like a like a pre-cleanse or something kind of idea?
1: Yeah. So no matter what we do, right, we're going to end up using some dry shampoos. We're going to end up <laughs> being out there in the world. Like there's yeah. nothing we can get around any kind of buildup. So it's just like once a week, take the time to exfoliate the scalp, get rid of all of that bad. Again, the thing about exfoliates on the scalp is that so many of them that are out there right now, are harsh scrubs, right? Or they're, they're too much chemical exfoliation. So you're just irritating the scalp even further. So while you're trying to do good by saying like, oh my gosh, I'm exfoliating just like you would your face. It's also kind of like, you also don't want to use like a harsh scrub on your face. You're going to get irritated, right? So really this blend of chemical and physical exfoliation but also adding nourishing properties to it. Things that aren't going to harm the scalp, things that are going to keep that balance are super important as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just, I just wanted to come back to a question, Dr. Kindred, for people who are listening in terms of like healthy hair habits in the Mm -hmm. shower, how much is too much then to wash your hair? Or is like, when do you draw the line? I know a lot of people wash their hair once a week. Like, is there a certain rule of
0: thumb around that, that you would
2: recommend?
0: So in general, the curlier the hair, uh, Mm -hmm. the less frequent, actually. So for straight hair, our natural oils or sebum can slide right down. So the hair will get oily faster and attract dirt faster. So typically, two to three times a week is sufficient. But for really curly hair, the oil doesn't slide down. The sebum doesn't slide down. While it means it doesn't get dirty as quickly or attract dirt as quickly, it does mean it's going to dry out more likely. So um, my hair, right, I'm black. I actually add moisture and oils to my hair, whereas Mm -hmm. my cousins, who's from Mexico and straight hair, she would never do such. right? Right. So it varies. So for really curly hair, tightly curly hair, every week or two is sufficient. For pretty straight hair, two or three times a week is sufficient as well. However, if you visibly see dirt, <laughs> right? Like wash your hands, wash your hair. Right.
2: Okay. And I and I did want to just follow up with that and get your opinion on these, like co-wash or no poo. Like, is this,
0: <laughs> is this sorry, I just I, rolled
2: my eyes. <laughs> there was a visible eye roll, everyone. You know, but a lot of people have subscribed to this in this idea of like healthy hair. What's the healthiest thing for your hair? So I'm curious your take on that.
0: Co-washing mm-hmm. is like taking a shower with lotion. Okay. Done. Third. You need to clean your skin. You need to clean your scalp. I had patients come in and when it was at the height, when it was at its peak, I had patients come in who I thought had psoriasis because the buildup and the seborrheic dermatitis was so severe. And I did a biopsy on one of them because I was convinced she had psoriasis. She just wow. hadn't washed her hair in about two months. And wow. she was still applying products to her hair. nutri should have come up with the buildup blocker for her back then. <laughs> and so I'm glad that trend is dying down. But every yeah. year mm-hmm. there's a new hair myth.
2: Well, there's hair mm-hmm. slugging now. There's hair slugging.
0: Okay, you believe hair her? plugging <laughs> is not new. Culturally, <laughs> people around the world, particularly skin of color, have been doing it for centuries. Yeah. We just call it greasing the scalp.
2: Okay, and it's and that's okay. That's good for the that's microbiome. Not new. That works.
0: Well, for dry hair, you want to do that, right? Yeah. It's a normal thing. We just now say don't apply it to the scalp. If you need yeah. to apply it to the hair, that's right. fine. But yeah, they just put a new name on a really, 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 really old tradition.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's that's TikTok's (laughs) trick. That's their thing. That's their thing.
0: What do you think,
3: Dr. Kendrick, about these like free from shampoos that are out there? Like you'll see a label that's got more free from on the front of it than what's actually in it. So
0: (laughs) what do you what do you think about that? Some are legit and some are a gimmick. For example, heavily sulfated shampoos strip our hair, damages Mm -hmm. it dries it out and so that's why some will say you know sulfate free or free from sulfates the list can go on and on and it's gotten a little bit too gimmicky to just rely
3: yeah
0: on on that you just really i mean as physicians we follow evidence Mm. and you know there has to be a clinical trial for us to even take a look at it. So we just follow the evidence. We don't really, we can't really go by brand names and labels and things like that. Cause there's a gimmick behind all of it now.
2: Yeah. Right. It's so interesting. I was thinking about this the other day is like, you know how they have all these certifications on uh-huh. so many products. It's like mm-hmm. vegan leaping bunny, like all this. I'm like, I, I want there to be, I want a petition to have a certification that's like clinically trial proof, you know, like clinical trial CT Put that in a little circle on a label. We
0: would
2: love uh, that. <laughs> I did want to ask about another TikTok sort of trend or like topic that's been going around for a while now, which are what's which, which is about shampoos with the ingredient DMDM hide I'm gonna say this wrong. Hydentoin.
0: DM uh, DM to hydentoin. Hi, Dan Toen. Mm-hmm. Hi Dan Toen. Hi Dan Towen. Um
2: so that kind of went viral and people were even there DMDM was like a hashtag. People claiming that they were experiencing hair loss due to this ingredient. There were class action lawsuits from a lot of really popular brands. Is this something like if your clientele was coming in or sorry your patients, would you say like don't be using a shampoo with that ingredient in it or is this still an issue or what?
0: Well, in general, we don't like formaldehyde in products. Just Google the synonyms for formaldehyde, quaternion 15, bisabolol, the indium so on and so forth. If it's a product that you put on and then rinse out, it's usually not as bad as if it's a, a leave-in product, but we, mm-hmm. we usually like for our patients to avoid those nonetheless.
2: Okay,
3: good, good to know. know. That settles that. By the way, guys, on the neutrophil website, I was just on there, and they have those like hyper-realistic microscope pictures that I can't get enough of, of the scalp, like people's real before and <laughs> afters <laughs> after using the scalp exfoliator. And now I have to go wash my hair right after this. Call. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So Sam, it's interesting that you developed this, what you're calling a stress reliever scalp essence, which mm-hmm. is essentially what you would think of kind of like a toner in our skincare routine. So why do you think that this is worth the extra step and what are the key ingredients that really are going to give you that healthy hair result?
1: It really depends on your scalp, right? So it's each product, like for instance, everyone has to shampoo their hair, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's nothing that you can avoid and, and, and that's why we created that product. But with this, this is really a little bit more specific of a product. So if you have drying redness, irritation, Some of those things, it's usually going to be because there's an imbalance and thus your scalp is now at risk, right? So if you can imagine this invisible layer, the scalp microbiome has like dents in it, kind of like the ozone layer is right now, right? Now it's being attacked. So you're going to have some of these visible stress on our scalp, in which case then again, we're just providing an unhealthy environment for our hair. So that's really the reason why we developed this. We know a lot of people are seeing drying redness. We know a lot of people have, you know, irritation on the scalp. And so this is really developed to be used after shower. You know, you use it daily, either dry hair, wet hair, whatever, and you just add it. It's as light as like water, basically. So it just Mm -hmm. seeps right into the skin. It's filled with prebiotics, it's filled with peach gum and prickly pear. The prebiotics are going to help promote that that beautiful diversity on the scalp, right? Because you don't want to strip anything. And then the prickly pear and, and the peach gum are really going to help soothe a lot of that redness and the irritation that's on the scalp so that it's working long term.
2: What about some of these home remedies that we've been seeing on TikTok as well, like the fermented rice water trend? You know, apparently you rinse your hair with it to prevent breakage. Is that something that's like worthwhile incorporating?
0: Okay. So if everyone could pause and just Google, how do you remove arsenic from your rice? You're going to find those steps are the exact same that they're telling you to do for rice water for your hair, except instead of throwing it out, you guys are soaking your hair in it, right? So even if it did make hair grow, which it doesn't, even if it did work, Mm -hmm. why are we intentionally putting arsenic on our hair Mm. no one talks about that so that's the thing so that's the difference right is for me as a physician right or a a company with integrity before we recommend something we're going to look for evidence or find the evidence right that's why we talked about clinical trials and the home remedies and a lot of natural stuff they can do and say whatever so what I propose for the audience is anytime you do something natural Make sure there's some evidence behind it because they're not gonna tell you if you're actually harming yourself.
3: They're not gonna tell
0: you. Right.
3: Okay. Well, I'm very lazy when it comes to home remedies, so that's music to my ears. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These people putting mayonnaise on their hair, like it's not happening for me.
2: Anyway. I have I have a jug of apple cider vinegar in my pantry that's been sitting there for (laughs) I don't know how many years. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this.
0: Well, so you can always drink it. That'll you can help. eat it. You can drink it, but you
2: don't put it I on your hair. I <laughs> suppose so. I suppose
0: so. The thing about the vinegar is it does kill fungus, right? It kills right. yeast. So, but that's another example. Instead of killing the yeast with apple cider vinegar and maybe drying our hair out, instead you could use something that balances your scalp microbiome, and your body can just naturally defend against the yeast. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where like the evidence comes in. Yeah, I love that. That's smart.
2: Okay. So our last question for you is if there's somebody out there listening right now who's currently suffering from hair thinning, it can be overwhelming to just even start in terms of finding a solution or the root cause. What would you say is one step today that they can take to start feeling more confident in the hair that they have?
0: Find a dermatologist that has a niche in hair loss and the website that I always recommend is Docs for Hair, D-O-C-S, the number four, Hair H-A-I-R. dot com. That's where a community of us dermatologists who specialize in hair loss uh, created a website. Particularly, Dr. Achamasi Tutu created the website to make it easier for hair for hair loss patients or patients with hair thinning uh, to find us.
3: Well, thank you so much to both you, you, Sam, and you, Dr. Kindred, for sharing all of your insights today, helping us get our best, healthiest hair ever. And we really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Carlene.